0: Heard on. Heard on Spotify Green Room.
1: First. 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 Hi, hello everybody. I hope everyone watched the Bob Ross documentary. Um, I wanted to give everybody some. Uh, info on how to speak, we'd love to encourage more people to chime in this week. So in addition to doing our uh, last 10 or 15 minutes sort of open to the opening the floor to everybody, um, we'd love for you to chime in while we're talking about the story. Uh, Just keep it to what we're talking about in the moment so we don't get too far off track. And if you have things that are um, sort of unrelated to the show or just more general points you want to make, save it for the end. But yeah, definitely raise your hand. All you have to do is click the button that has a hand on it that says request. We'll see your request and we can uh, allow you on the floor. So definitely chime in if you have anything to add to the conversation. Anything, Rachel, that you want to add,
0: or did I do it all? Uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can hear me. I'm right, I'm right next to you. Um. So yeah, should we start talking about yeah the Bob Ross documentary? Absolutely. Let's go. So I didn't realize until this past week that this documentary is directed by my friend Josh Raffay, who also directed the Lorena Bobbitt documentary. Right. And that was a few years ago on Amazon? Yes. Uh So obviously, um, I'm biased, but I did think that this was a really well-done documentary.
1: I liked it because it was kind of short and sweet. Yes. There wasn't a lot of filler, but everything was pretty uh, juicy. And I loved seeing all the different characters in this world because it was uh, interesting
0: folks, for sure. There were some revelations in this documentary that we'll get to, as we go through point by point, but there were some revelations made that I, like I was stunned. Me too. <laughs> well,
1: I'm sure. Th- I'm we have sure some similar, similar ones. Ones. Yeah. But let's, let's start before like we even get to the credits. They give us a pretty good um, rundown of who this man is. Like I'm assuming everyone kind of grew up watching this on PBS, watching his show. Did you Rachel? Of course. Yeah. I, was,
0: I was obsessed with Bob Ross. It was
1: very therapeutic. I didn't paint along with him ever, but I loved watching it or just kind of having it on. His deal was he could paint a complete painting in 26 minutes, the length of a show.
0: uh, And that's pretty incredible. I think they were all these beautiful landscape paintings. Was it high art? No, but it was, it was like Bob Ross. It was unmistakably Bob Ross. Uh, Yeah. And the point of it wasn't really to create high art.
1: It was to bring art into the world of everyone who wanted to try it. It, You didn't have to be Picasso to do your own little paintings and experience the joy
0: and uh, sort of tranquility of making a painting. And I think what, at least I really liked about him, and I think, uh, obviously I'm not alone in this, what a lot of people loved about Bob Ross was that he was so soothing and it was his personality. And he was so positive and very supportive of people making art and not... um, being artists and just trying it because he believed everyone could be an artist. He was like the original ASMR.
1: His voice was very low-key. We'll get into that a little bit more about his sort of philosophy there. I love before the credits roll, we get a clip of him on Donahue. Oh my god. Where Donahue (laughs) calls him uh, the most famous painter in the world. Yeah. I mean, that's true probably, but it is (laughs) sort of a wild uh, thing. But yeah. He was like a painter for the masses, uh, for sure. Um, we also meet his son, Steve, in this pre-credit section. And Steve is on the show. He's like a young kid, a teenager, when he starts appearing and painting on the show. I loved his look. He had that classic, I guess it was early 80s yeah. uh, look. Uh, he had some serial killer style glasses on, <laughs> like that everyone was wearing back then. And we meet him in real life. And he basically sets up the story saying he's been waiting to get this story out for many years. And now his opportunity has finally come. He says that what people did is shameful and he wants us all to know. That's a pretty good setup. I'm like, I want to know. I want to know what the dark and ugly side of the Bob Ross world is. And I think everyone does.
0: And before we get into the bad stuff that he's talking about, we go back into Bob's early life, yes, and his personal life. I I have to know, Desi, if you also are a big fan of Vicky Ross's look.
1: I actually wrote down I would hang that photo of her in my house as a piece of art. Oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of it when she's younger and when she was married to Boss. And today, I like both of her looks. She's got. A, She's got looks. Yeah. And she uh, has really big blonde hair. The picture I'm talking about, she had like a, a bouffant style hair st- haircut or style. Um, so, yeah, I was a pretty big fan of it. Uh, and I actually commented on uh, it in my notes. Me too. Yeah. So Oh, I have to bring this up. They, were, they start off this section with a, um, a clip from Regis and Kathy. I wrote that down too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. You do a great bush? <laughs> Yes, that's I want to watch that whole segment because they kind of splice it. it airs like a little bit throughout the show. Right. Um, But yeah, that opening segment was really funny because he was literally on every talk show at some point. So, yeah, let's get back to his early life. Um, We meet the mom, his uh, Steve's mom, who is Bob's first wife. Uh, She tells us a little bit about his early life. He was in the Air Force. That's how they ended up in Alaska. And in Alaska is where he becomes really inspired by the nature surrounding them. And he starts painting. He really becomes obsessed with painting. We see some young Bob picks with a pompadour. And Rachel, did you immediately notice that this hair was straight?
0: (laughs) This was the revelation of my life. I felt like my entire world was shattered upon learning that Bob Ross does not have naturally curly hair yeah he
1: basically did the Mike and Greg Brady he yeah. has the he has the straight hair <laughs> and then at some point he gets the big perm yeah but the thing that's wild to me is that he kept that perm i just assume anyone who had that hair was naturally had a curly curly hair right but he was getting a perm every two months to keep that look going i mean obviously at some point it kind of became his signature look right but i was just blown away to see those young pictures have him with
0: that straight hair he looked like a different person yeah yeah definitely i i I was like like, I'm still reeling over this. Well, that was the big reveal
1: on the Regis and Kathy show. Uh, it's uh, Kathy Lee. At some point, they ask him if his hair is real and he plays coy. And then it's, uh, he says something like, only God and my hairdresser know, which pretty much was like, okay, so yes, he did. Uh, I like that he was kind of like,
0: uh, not shy about admitting to it look bob ross one of the coolest people to ever live seemed like one of the chillest guys ever yeah he has a real sense of humor about himself he's not afraid to be playful with the people who were interviewing him he just like he really see like i was really happy to learn that he was like a good guy
1: yes now uh we meet a friend of his uh, another artist named john fan who was basically his painting instructor early on, and then a lifelong friend. He talks about his talent for painting, but also his talent for engaging. And he thinks that what really sets him apart eventually is his ability to kind of connect with the audience and uh, the people who are learning from him. His first wife, and he divorces his first wife, and they move to Spokane, Washington. And that's where we meet his second wife, Jane she gets introduced with an amazing photo of her on the hood of a dark gray Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> like the classic, that Corvette from like the 70s, 80s. <laughs> it's a hot car. It's a very hot car. Uh, so I'm glad she gets that hot intro. He at this point becomes obsessed with a show called The Magic of Painting, which was a PBS show starring a painter named William Alexander. And this is a huge influence for Bob. Do you, did you ever see this guy, William Alexander? It's vaguely familiar. Like his accent was
0: vaguely familiar to me and the whole vibe of it. The accent and the vibe was vaguely familiar to me. You know, I like, just from what I saw, I'm sure I would really enjoy William Alexander too. It's a different vibe. But it's a totally different vibe. But I'm sure like his show is probably tight, just for different reasons.
1: I love that this documentary brought in actual art experts to talk about the style that William and then Bob will later do. It's called um, wet on wet technique. And it's a technique that kind of allows you to create oil paintings, in an accept like an accelerated way. Normally, those paintings can just take a really long time. I've always uh, tried to become an, to try dabbling <laughs> with oil painting and it's really hard because it's not like acrylics that dry really fast. They're wet for a very long time. It takes, it can take days for things to dry depending on the weather. Right. So you really have to, um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. So uh, that's what the technique they, they use. These art experts said that it's called a la prima and that a lot of impressionists used this technique. Um, So, yeah, at this point, he leaves his career in the military. And he goes off to meet this guy, William Alexander. He really wants to meet him. uh, And he eventually starts working for the Magic Art Company, Bill's Company. And he becomes a traveling art instructor. Uh, I loved seeing him going out into the malls of America and teaching art. Uh, It was pretty cool. We also meet a friend of his... um, named dana jester i think he's also an artist they meet in 1982 and he's he gives us some good insight into like bob's early career on this art circuit now it's around this time he meets annette kowalski am i saying that right yeah yeah so she she um had recently been devastated by the loss of her son so she really uh started taking solace in painting and learning art. She was very uh, intrigued by Bob Ross. She found a lot of inspiration in his style and watching him work. And this gave her like a purpose in life, I think, uh, while she was in the depths of grief for her son. Um, They become friends. Uh, She's not just his student. They really uh, become friends. And she comes up with the idea to partner and make a business endeavor together with Bob, Uh, he leaves the bill alexander company and kind of breaks out on his own now did we we also um meet at this time her husband walt yeah his name walt yeah Yeah. um and bob and jane and his son move in with the kowalskis while they're starting this business off that shit was so crazy
0: like why does this Grown I grown-ass married couple move in with this family
1: i didn't get why they never really explained why that had to be it's not like they were broke no uh so yeah they're all together they kind of make it seem like the four of them are sort of in the business together walt and jane who's very adept at sort of business stuff do a lot of the um I think the boring stuff, and Annette and Bob kind of focus on the creative aspects of the business. Now, this was this came out of left field for me that Walt was an ex CIA guy. Oh my god!
0: Yeah, wasn't that wild? Well, as soon as <laughs> as soon as they said he was ex CIA, I'm like, oh, he's a bad guy. Like, he's yeah, gonna-
1: <laughs> yeah he's, he's gonna use things he learned, yeah. in a really bad it way, is, right? And that's true. Yeah, he he did. (laughs) He tapped the phones. He had like, this is like how I imagine I would think it still works today. Because I've I've seen old movies or something that you put the suction cup thing on the phone receiver. Yeah. And there's a little tape deck like in a desk drawer. So he uh, records all of these phone calls that are coming in and out about the business. And... Yeah, it just seems like from the get-go, there's sort of a distrust
0: happening
1: in this partnership.
0: So, I also want to point out that Bob Ross was an animal lover. Oh, yeah. I just have that in my notes. Like, as if he couldn't be more of, like, a lovable person. He also loves animals. The little squirrel? Yeah, that he nursed a squirrel back to health. Peapod.
1: Oh, my God. And then he had, like, a big, like, fox or something on his shoulder. Yeah. 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 Now, at this point after the CIA uh, thing, they also documentary does a Chiron saying that they basically a lot of people dropped out of this documentary because they had feared repercussions from the Kowalskis who yeah. were are so happy. Yeah. So they dropped out because they didn't want to deal with these assholes and being sued. So that's always uh, interesting in a documentary (laughs) where they start revealing the behind the scenes stuff that's happening. That's the best part. Yeah, absolutely. So it's now 1983. They filmed the pilot for joy of painting Steve. um, At this point, he, he returns to where the original shows were recorded. And now it's kind of like, it seems like a Bob Ross museum almost. They have the sun, the sun. Yeah. Uh, Like they have an X on the floor where his easel was. There's his paintings are hanging uh, on the walls, and uh, we also meet the director of these shows, Sally Shank, and it's kind of fun to hear her um, insight into what it was like filming this guy painting. Because her, as a director, she's like, we need to finish the painting at a certain time. And she would say that he would add last minute trees and she'd be in a panic uh, when he would do
0: things like that. Well, and she also talked about how Bob Ross's shows, what made them kind of like unique to Bob Ross is the director pointed out that Bob Ross had a big woman following. Like he had a lot of women fans and that he really catered to his women fan base And she said, um, he was trying to be a little sex. Oh, that's the son said he was trying to be a little sexy.
1: Yeah. He definitely said that, that sort of, um, vibe of having that low voice and kind of using words like caress. And (laughs) he even would say like, make love to like, he's painting a cloud. He's like, make love to it. It was like a horny little, uh,
0: section. I think the joy of painting in its essence is a very horny show, but it's not a threatening horny show. No, it's, it's not aggressive. Like it's making love. It's definitely <laughs> a making love situation. <laughs> I got that vibe as a kid watching the joy of painting, but I never felt threatened or, um, you know, like it was aggressive. Oh it was no, just, it, it wasn't creepy at all. It was like, you're, it's, you're in a trance when you're watching Absolutely. the joy of painting.
1: Uh, now, we also, around this time, meet
0: Gary and
1: Katherine Jenkins. I loved
0: this couple.
1: Have you ever seen Katherine
0: spelled that way? No. Okay. <laughs> I had to, I had to like pause it to spell it correctly. And I was like, oh, it's Kath Ren, like the bird. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. But I, I was so fascinated by this couple. This is the couple who they have their own public access show or whatever. They're
1: actually the second sort of instructional painters to have a PBS show after Bill Alexander. So they were doing this even before Bob Ross joins the world. And their
0: specialty is painting flowers.
1: Yes. So they focus on flowers. Bob Ross does landscapes. So there's no uh, competition between the two. They seem to like each other very much. Um, They get screwed over later on that's connected to Bob Ross, but nothing to do with him. And they're very positive about him. Uh, I love seeing them.
0: Yeah. And also the way they kind of bickered a little bit. Oh my God. We're <laughs> going to get there. We're going to get there. But this couple has an amazing banter later in the documentary yeah. that I just loved.
1: Uh, so, I mean, another thing the the woman, the director reveals is that they used to get letters from women. And sometimes he would be reading them and they were too horny to read on air. Yeah. like, And he would do a bit where he's like, oh, I can't read this one. Yeah. And he'd have to scold them. I also love when they were meeting fans. Uh, he was wearing a shirt at one point that had, a, it said Daddy Bob. Oh my God. On it. I want that shirt. <laughs> I know. I was I like, I think shirt. we all need the Daddy Bob shirt. <laughs> no one will know what we're what it means but we will and we'll be very happy now another thing she reveals is that she started noticing annette getting jealous by all these women sort of giving him attention uh after these painting demos or
0: classes or whatever he would meet and greets he was doing you know who annette kind of reminds me of just the vibe not the circumstances but is selena's manager yes just how she was so like possessive over selena i've got the same kind of like yeah not that she's
1: like a killer because
0: she was like an early fan i think yeah, she kind of felt ownership over bob ross yeah it was just this creepy possessiveness that like only i can be best friends with you and i have like it's my way or the highway and like if i see another woman talking to you i'm gonna go after them yeah no it was uh yeah. And, and the way they present the photos, like, like you were
1: saying with, I think her name is Yolanda Salavar. Yes. It's like, she's always kind of lurking yes. in the back. <laughs> yes. I'm <would> saying, <laughs> it. like She's a very small, she looks small, like short, and she's just always kind of lurking in the back. She has like bright white hair. It's, so it's very noticeable when it's her it's uh,
0: major Yolanda vibes yeah. that I got from uh, Kowalski. Please don't sue me.
1: Yeah. Don't! Oh my this god! All, now um, I'm scared.
0: No. <laughs> what if they're on?
1: Please, please speak now. If you're, <laughs> you have to reveal you have to, yourself. You have to raise your hand to speak. Um, okay. So, yeah, we're at the horny part. Annette's jealous. Um, and here's another shocking reveal at this point oh. on the show. They hem and haw, uh, asking about the exact relationship between Bob Ross and Annette they go back and forth. One of his friends is like, I'll let Steve answer that. They kind of drag it out a little bit. And then Steve says, yes, my dad had an affair with Annette. So, so disappointing. It's very disappointing. And it's partially because it's like, really? (laughs) Like, not what I mean, the fans like
0: Annette is like, she looks like a grandma like what's weird i could not understand how old Annette was because she's still alive and kicking today she looked like in her
1: 70s in these um uh, um pictures she's like she looked she,
0: older she's like the wilford brimley of old bitches <laughs> no she you know must what have I mean? she
1: must have been like in her early 50s
0: when but they she met. looked
1: 102 yeah no i, I was I was shocked when that affair was mentioned just because I was like, how old is she? Like, I mean, it's nothing wrong with fucking an old, a cougar (laughs) or something, but
0: like- There's there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like- It was shocking though. I just, it was like Barbara Bush over here. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. How much older she looked. I mean, I definitely feel
1: like it was a sympathy bang. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's how nice Bob Ross was. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, and I obviously, I feel like, she's more into it than him. It's definitely one of those situations that he probably regretted the second that happened. Um, we don't know the extent of the affair. Was it a one night stand? Was it longer or what? Obviously this created, um, some tension. Yes. Between the, the, the couples, even before they kind of knew, uh, it was out. Jane does eventually, um, confront him on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Like basically, are you fucking Annette? I love that it happened on Christmas Eve. Yeah. It, look, I'm, I'm a big, big fan <laughs> of family drama happening on the holidays. <laughs> uh, yeah. When it's other people, when it's other people drama.
2: for sure.
0: Um,
1: so, so go yeah, ahead.
0: uh, no, I was, I just have that in my notes too. The, like people were like, not people in Bob's life. were not a fan of Annette. No,
1: she definitely. And like you said if, before, it's very similar to the Yolanda. Like, family members start to see things that the people who are too close uh, to the person don't really see. And I'm sure in Bob's mind, he is very grateful to them still because uh, even though he probably would have figured this out on his own, in his mind, these people really pushed him in this direction. And now he has this great life uh, doing exactly what he wants to do. Like the dream.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So should we talk about Jane? That's what I have next. Okay. Okay. You mean her... She, she she got sick.
1: Oh, no. I'm not there yet. Okay. Uh, there's a great thing that this documentary does. They have paintings of scenes. And after the affair comes out, they do break up. Yeah. Uh, Annette and Bob, they, like, whatever, put a put a stop to it. People were relieved. And Steve tells a story where he <laughs> was walking in the house at some point, and he saw Jane sitting in the dark on the toilet uh, smoking cigarettes. <laughs> yeah and there's a painting of it in the documentary and i i want that painting. i do too it's a shadow figure sitting on the toilet hunched over <laughs> smoking a cigarette you know what? On the toilet. some
0: of us have been there before
1: uh steve he, she says to steve um you're the only one who loves me like can you imagine No, this is a net is Oh, I'm sorry. Annette says it's Not this. Jane. No, I'm sorry. It's Annette. It's Annette. Annette. Annette, is, Annette is hunched over smoking right. cigarettes. Right. I thought I morning. was clear about that because I was not getting to Jane yet. Okay. Um, now, as I said, this infighting uh, increases. We get a bunch of montages of um, how big Bob Ross is now. He is um, on the Joan Rivers show. He has done over 200 shows now on PBS. He does a big event in Central Park where yeah. hundreds of people show up. They have uh, fans of his who were there that day. One guy was a kid yeah. and he's an artist now. Uh, so they just kind of like um, get us into that vibe of how big he is. They also, at this point, um, start selling paint and supplies um, through this Bob Ross company. Yeah. That starts happening now with as his, well. With
0: his little face on it.
1: Yes, Um, So that that's sort of the beginning of their business fights too, because Bob obviously has standards. He wants the paints to be a certain way. They need to be a particular type of paint to do the technique that he does. He wants high quality items and the Kowalskis are kind of all about um, money. Right. They just want to get the cheapest shit out there and make the biggest profit margins. So they start um, fighting about that. Okay. Now, 1992, Steve says that he walks into the room and finds his dad on the floor crying in a fetal position. Uh, he has never seen his dad. He, I think he's only seen his dad cry once. Right. Obviously, you walk in on that scene with your dad. It's going to be pretty fucking horrifying. Yeah. What's happened? Right. Uh, Jane has been diagnosed with cancer. That's what's happening. Uh, and he's fucking devastated, obviously. Um, so he. She dies pretty shortly after being diagnosed. And that's a pretty sad uh, segment that's up next. I was brought to
0: tears because Bob Ross, he says to his viewers, because he addresses it. Yeah. He addresses it. He addresses it on the show. On the show. And he says, you got to have a little sadness so you know when the good times come. I'm waiting on the good times now. That was sad
1: to hear him say.
0: Uh, just the way he also
1: sort of used it as a painting lesson. Yeah. Like the dark and light. Like you can't just have light on light or dark on dark. Like yeah. You need a mixture of both. I'm uh, getting choked up I know. Now. He's like a philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Uh, yeah. It was really sad. and uh, But still, he kind of still was there doing yeah. what his uh, passion was. And he just puts his life into his work. And I think that's a key reason everyone connected with him. Yeah. It was, he was who he was. He put it all out there in his painting and he just connected with his audience. So three weeks after she dies, he gets diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma.
0: Now, there is a pretty chilling scene where I think it's Dana Jester. Yes. He's, he's wondering if his cancer could have been caused by all the paint thinner that he used, that he was so close to in the studio. His
1: technique um, relied on using a lot of paint thinner. And during the show, like I remember during the sort of horny section there, he was like beat it out. And he's like hitting his brushes that have the paint thinner on it. And you can kind of see how the fumes uh, would be kind of wafting up. Right. And there's a segment, um, like a montage of how many times he's constantly you know hitting the brush and like uh, using that paint thinner and obviously this guy's it's just speculation right Uh, but I did I did read his Wikipedia today before the show he also was a lifelong smoker so he had a few things going on like it it
0: could have been a variety of things (laughs) yeah
1: but it's definitely not good probably to inhale those fumes Uh, so yeah I mean he
0: threw himself into
1: his work after his diagnosis though and it's another person we just talked about, Danny Trejo, this week on our podcast episode. It's someone who kind of worked through his illness because he didn't want people to know or worry, or worry, and he just kind of kept doing his job. Uh, and people he worked with didn't even know. The director didn't know, I think, until it was really something he had to kind of reveal to people. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he has a funny little, um, line where he says, happy, happy clouds, happy duders.
0: Yeah, the duders. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, he was talking about how the show is in, you know, all these different countries now. He's like, oh, I wonder if they say duders, what they say in Germany for duders.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a funny word. It's a very funny word. (laughs) Yeah. So, 1994 is the final show. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't honestly, I mean, I guess it's one of those shows
0: that's always on still. Is it? I don't know if they still run the show on, but I remember watching it all throughout the nineties as a kid. And then it just wasn't on as much after that, or I didn't see it. I believe it's on now on like a streaming service. Right. Uh, But I mean, just on TV. Yeah.
1: I I don't remember uh, it ending because I don't think I I wasn't like a regular viewer uh, of it for sure. So... The Kowalskis find out he's sick and their reaction is uh, not great. <laughs> <It's grim. laughs> They're basically freaking about, out about what will happen to the business. That's all they care about. When he dies. Yeah. Now, the other interesting thing that comes up at this point, I think, is that they had split the um, sort of their agreement was that they each had like 25%. When Jane dies... He doesn't get her 25%. No, it basically goes to the, like the Kowalskis now have two thirds and he has one third. Yeah. In my opinion, I'm not a lawyer. He should have got her shares so that it was still an equitable arrangement. Uh, It's pretty fucked up. I'm going to get more into the contracts and all of that stuff in a second. Um, Now, this is the point where Annette does something absolutely fucking insane She decides that she wants to also
0: have a painting show. Despite not ever showing any interest whatsoever in... Having no personality. (laughs) No (laughs) personality. Like, absolutely zero personality. Not only does she want to attach Bob Ross's name to her, to bolster her her new career as a painter. Yeah. She is stealing the concept and the techniques from the horny painter couple. Catherine. Catherine. Kathryn, Wren. Kath Wren. Uh she basically releases
1: a book that is fucking everything is stolen from like the words to the diagrams, even her fucking author po- photo is in the same wicker peacock chair, like I, that 70s wicker chair. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So obviously, um... She also, like, both of these people have deals with Weber, which is a paint company. Weber tells the Jenkins that they can no longer sell their badger hair brushes because they're an endangered species. Yeah. Cut to fucking Annette selling her own version of badger hair brushes. Uh, She's basically eliminating all the competition. She wants them all fucking out. Yeah. Uh, And the Jenkins, their TV show was pulled. Yes, their show gets pulled eventually. Now... Steve, he talks a little bit next about how uh, his dad was really setting him up to kind of take over this legacy. And obviously, as a lot of kids do, they want to do their own thing. And he wasn't necessarily interested in doing that. That causes um, some kind of stress in their relationship that he's also regretful of. Uh, But... Yeah, Bob doesn't stop working in 1995. He starts a kid show, or he's on a kid show called Adventures of Elmer and Friends. That intro was chaotic. <laughs> I don't remember that show at all. No. Did any of you guys watch Elmer and Friends? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a really chaotic show. It's a kid show. Obviously, he had long wanted to work with children or do something for children. And it looks like he's just sort of a segment on the show. Yeah. Because he's battling cancer at this time. But he's still, you know, trying to affect people's lives in a positive way. His son tells us at this time he's also uh, wearing a wig. Yeah. He has lost his hair. And he's pretty sick. And the Kowalskis were mad that he looked sick. They didn't want him to look sick. Uh, They've got some uh, weird things, (laughs) weird ways of dealing with sick people. (laughs) They're so fucked. Uh, Yeah, I'd like him not to be sick. How about that? So when Bob is basically on his deathbed, they go to the Kowalskis, Steve and Bob, uh, to, I guess, discuss things or, or something like that. Right. And they basically take Steve at some point out into the hallway, shut the door. So Bob can't hear and try to get him to sign over the rights to um, try to get Steve to convince his dad to sign over the rights to the name Bob Ross. Right. So they, they can maintain using his name after he dies. Basically for the brand, pretty ghoulish behavior. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: and Steve is like, fuck you. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Uh,
1: They and then they do this thing in the documentary where these people call him all the time. Yeah. That phone ringing, like nonstop. And it's like they're harassing a man
0: who's on his deathbed basically for their own self interest. It's so gross. Uh, Yeah. So Bob tries to circumvent this by marrying a nurse who's caring for him. Yes. So just for like just strictly business, so that she can have, she can take his stake. She can take his stake in the company. Um, And Bob Ross knew about the Kowalski's plan to take ownership of his name and his brand. And he was adamant about them not having control.
1: Yes. Um, So, I mean, Steve talks about his final days. It's really uh, awful and sad. He gets down to 85 pounds. and, And during his last days, he's trying to battle these fucking like I said before, ghouls who yeah. are literally trying to get this si- signature in his dying days. He eventually dies in July of 1995. The Kowalskis don't go to his funeral. And Annette says to Steve, aren't you glad it's over? So gross. Yeah, a gross person. And they also want him to kind of keep it a secret that right. Bob has died. Right. They don't want people to <laughs> that know. That was like, an unbelievable request. It's like, uh, because so, they don't want to like, do anything like they want people to still think he's alive and steve says sometimes he still tells people no he died in 1995 like people don't know right so steve um i'm sorry bob was only 52 when he died i honestly thought he, he was much older too i was surprised how young he was so now we have this um BRI, which is the Bob Ross Incorporated Company, Uh, things start going... Changes start happening uh, after Bob dies. The way they run this company
0: is completely different. Well, they start to... They create these Bob Ross... Official Bob Ross art schools. Yes. And they're like factory schools where they're just... Hiring these dick teachers and who, who agree to follow
1: these insane rules, like yes. never promote any art supplies that aren't Bob Ross art
0: supplies. It's everything that's against the ethos of Bob Ross. Yeah,
1: including a spy box yeah. where they can turn each other in. That's some CIA shit. Because <laughs> yes. that people, someone compares it. It's like a, we're living in a communist, uh, you know, totalitarian government. People are turning each other in. Uh, when they sort of like one woman recommends a Jenkins class or something, and she gets literally grab your brushes. Like it's the end of fucking uh, chop. I mean, like, top chef, <laughs> Like get your knives and leave. It's <laughs> like, it's like grab your brushes and leave just because she's like, Oh, I really want to take the Jenkins class. Like, yeah,
0: everyone's a cop at this school. Um.
1: So yeah, his legacy is really um in jeopardy. They talk to a guy, I think he's like, Uh, a german distributor and he says that he walks in and sees um someone painting ross on oil paintings and he's like yeah he's like obviously it's really hard to tell because his painting style is very easy to emulate uh so the only thing that you know is his is his signature but they were faking that as well just to sell his original artwork so everything is a profit grab for these assholes Uh, they, they really suck. They also, and that also claims that she's the only one who can, um, authenticate a Bob Ross, uh, painting. Right. Which is pretty, uh, convenient. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the, this is the point where we find out that they got the Jenkins, um, kicked out of their Weber deal. Right. They had had this
0: deal. The final insult for them. Yeah.
1: And it, and they said that basically what happened was the Webers were the, I'm sorry, the um, Kowalskis were the biggest clients of Weber. So they were able to audit the company. They found some small um, minor discrepancies and basically blackmailed them. Like, we'll let this go if you get rid of the Jenkins. Yeah. So they lost their livelihood. Right. Like
0: that was their main gig. Like that's just them being straight up evil because the Jenkins were not threatening the Kowalskis financially in any way, they still would have made a ton of money.
1: They really go above and beyond to be evil. Right. Like
0: (laughs) It's like, it's really weird.
1: Uh, I've just never seen someone so single-mindedly evil and such a sort of happy and low-key crafty. (laughs) Like, it's always weird when people get this extra in like a world that's sort of not really cutthroat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, And they're, they're
0: old. Like, yeah. It's really weird. It's like, evil go, grandpa. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck off and go to Bermuda. Like Retire, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Steve Ross, around this time, he discovers a document that was written by his late father that stipulated that he did not want his name being used. Uh, in the document, it says that Jim Ross... Which is his other son was given a fifty one percent stake in the company. Jim Cox, Jim Jimmy Cox, Cox. Jim that's Cox. his half brother. That's what I meant. Yeah, Jimmy Cox, the half brother, and Steve Ross, his son, was given a forty nine percent stake, and that was only because he Jimmy, was younger. Jimmy was uh, older and more re- financially responsible. So, in that, but but then Jimmy Cox betrays his brother. Right. So
1: they're in the process. He's in the process of suing the Kowalskis or BRI because he wants to, he, they won't even allow him to paint under his own name because it has Ross That's like his fucking name. Yeah. Uh, So he sues them because someone tells them, like, sue them before they sue you. It will be cheaper. Yeah. So during this process, that's when he finds this document. Because he has to basically prove um, that they didn't legally have the right to use Bob Ross. Yeah. But when he finds, when this document comes to light, uh, he's basically screwed because his uncle did fuck him over. And sign away all these rights. And he had nothing... He couldn't do anything. So right. once again, it was the split was unfavorable to him and the uncle basically could do what he wanted, but he didn't even know until this moment that that's what had happened. The other interesting thing that comes out during these depositions is that um, Bob Ross had started recording phone calls with the Kowalskis and those tapes um, were all destroyed by the Kowalskis. So we'll never hear like what he was sort of taping on them, right? which I would, pay a lot of money to hear yeah (laughs) i want to hear bob ross going fucking site cia on that bitch (laughs) like i learned it from you (laughs) another thing that that we start to see is i read that i don't know if it's said in the documentary but at some point the kowalski's daughter um takes over the business is her name joan i I think i don't remember it's joan or jane whatever and she's the one who starts doing all the stupid merch oh that was their daughter yes at some point she takes over the
0: company because her parents are very old. Well, it's so sad because it's like people who are legitimately fans of Bob Ross probably bought all this merch, just like not thinking about who, where the money's going to. They're like, I love Bob Ross. Of course I want to buy a Bob Ross comforter cover.
1: Yeah. It's literally like it's expanded now beyond art supplies, which obviously makes sense. It is now coffee cups. It is a Bob Ross Chia Pet. So it's a Chia Pet where you could grow his hair. To be honest,
0: honestly, honestly, I think I almost bought that Chia Pet like for my brother years ago.
1: I would still buy it, but only from a thrift store. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to give them money. (laughs) But I, I could see the appeal. Like that was my favorite stupid merch. Yeah. Everything else is like you said, comforter covers. They had Bob Ross costumes, including one where it was just like, a dress that was like a painting of yeah, his. Yeah. So you could be a painting or you could be Bob Ross. I mean, it's a popular uh, costume. So yeah, she's the one sort of running this company Hitting into the ground, image. sort of embarrassed with embarrassing stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's all about money now. It's not about spreading happiness and joy. And yeah, I mean, it's pretty fucked up. They, they, Refused to participate in this documentary since um, this documentary has aired. They have issued like official statements from the Bob Ross um, company or incorporated. I think they tweeted something out last
0: week. Okay. I saw their tweets last week because they were like, this documentary is Bullshit, you know, and and all the comments they got ratioed to death. All the comments were like, "Fuck you," like you, fuck you, bitch.
1: Like, give Steve his money. Like, that's what I keep thinking. It's like, do the right thing. Do the right thing. Even if you legally have, you're doing everything legally. You know, you're a piece of shit. (laughs) Like, just you're gonna die soon. Don't you believe in heaven? (laughs) Like, I don't even. It doesn't. Like, they just
0: they're just soulless and they obviously from the beginning didn't care about the Bob Ross ethos and mission statement. It was all about their bottom line from the beginning. They don't give a fuck. So, and I don't think the daughter gives a fuck either. Well, um, I did
1: read this, uh, also at some point they did, um, let Steve Ross resume his art career without threat of lawsuit. Um, They had obviously stopped him from painting in public after his father's death. So now he's allowed to at least paint again. (laughs) I mean, I hate, I hate this shit. I hate law. I hate legality stuff like this where it's like in everyone who's any, like who has a brain knows it's unfair. (laughs) This is just unfair. You should be allowed to um, paint. It's not your fault. You have, you know the last name that your father has—that's pretty standard shit. <laughs> Most guys have the na- the last name of their father. Yeah, it's ridiculous that he c- couldn't even do what he wanted to do. Right. He's a good painter. He painted. His dad said he was the best mountain painter ever. I know. I was really touched by how encouraging his dad was uh, to his son um, and his painting, and just how he really fun you know, elevated him on the show and really. Uh, I I thought their relationship was touching. There's lots of like um, hugging and kissing. Like he's, he's physically affectionate with his son. Yeah. It was nice to see. It was really nice to see, especially because I said before we just did this episode on Danny Trejo and he definitely grew up in the opposite uh, type of masculine (laughs) energy home that Steve seems to have grown up in. Right. So I wish the best for
0: Steve. Um, He seems like a good guy. I hope that this documentary has enough public outcry that maybe there'll be some pressure for something to change or at least no one buys their shit anymore. Right. And just get your stuff elsewhere. Like uh, I've almost bought like a long time ago. Like I've almost bought the Bob Ross paints before you did. Yeah. That's so cute. <laughs> well, you know, what? I, I, I did used to really like painting when I was a kid and I do have one landscape painting that I did when I was like 10 and it, I I absolutely attempted the Bob Ross technique. I did some like snow-capped trees. I like when he has the dark trees and then he puts yellow or white on yes, them. Yes, yes.
1: And they pop out. Yeah, yeah. That's like it, the cool... It's like magic. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when Regis
0: was painting? He's like, he did know, it. I'm painting. It. That's how I would be. i was like, holy shit, I made a tree. Like that, that was the part that made us burst out laughing was when Regis was like, I'm painting. I'm a painter. I forgot how funny Regis it was. Like, yeah. He's pretty funny. Uh, well, he's a funny guy. He's funny when he's not trying to be funny.
1: Yes. Like his, his excitement. It's, it's, his, it's not
0: that I was ever really someone who watched that his, show. It was his inflections. It's the way he said things.
1: Because he has like a very distinct accent, too. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty funny. Okay, guys. No one popped up during the show. That's fine. That's fine. But we would want you to pop
0: up now. If you guys want to chat with us by raising your hand, you can. You can uh, talk to us about anything Hollywood crime scene related. Uh, Anything in the show. Tell us if you um, ever painted a Bob Ross painting. We want to
1: hear what you have to say. What do you think about Annette and Walt? Do you want to kick her, kick her ass? (laughs) I feel like even though she's old, it's sort of a, it's a free pass. We're going to get sued. (laughs) I'm all, it's all jokes. We're comedians. I think we're allowed to say things like that. Um, So, Let's hear what you guys think. I would love to hear about anyone's ex- experiences with Bob Ross watching it. Don't make us start calling on
0: people. I'm going to start.
1: Yeah. I'm going to start calling on people. Can I do that?
3: No. no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the mean teacher. Um, say hi to us. Come on. That's the whole point of this uh, endeavor that you guys can finally chat with us. I guess is it well I mean it's yeah people want to talk to us yeah supposedly (laughs) Um, I'm just gonna read
0: some stuff in the chat
1: okay um I'm thinking is anyone following um any of the big trials now the Elizabeth Holmes started today I was actually listening to um oh we got someone yay okay let's talk to Vanna hi Vanna hi
2: sorry that's okay Oh, I just wanted to say because no one else is saying anything that I really enjoyed the episode, and um, yeah, thank you so much. I love the podcast so much. Oh, oh
1: thank, thank you. you. Where are you so, from?
2: I'm, I'm from Sydney, Australia. So, oh, uh, hey, What yeah. time is it there? It's um 12:48 p.m. I'm just at work by myself, and oh. um, yeah, we're all in <laughs> lockdown here, so it's nice to hear some voices. And yeah, thanks so much, guys. Oh. I, I watched the documentary last night.
1: Oh, great! Thanks for um, saying hi. Okay, and it's thank from
2: you. you. Bye. 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 Talk
1: about Robert Durst. Uh, well, that trial. those are the two big trials that are happening right now. Yeah. Do you guys think we should do like an like an old school recap of either the Jinx or um, the Elizabeth Holmes documentary? Because those trials are happening right now. Anyone have a, a idea about that? <laughs> I thought we had another person to speak. Did they go away? I guess they left the room, or they left the um, chat. Yeah, I I was thinking, because I'm I'm a little unsure of what's happening in in sort of true crime documentaries this week, so I thought maybe we could do a throwback, since those trials are both happening in the news. Let us know your opinion. Everyone
0: wants to hear, a lot of people want to hear us talk about Elizabeth Holmes. I'm so fascinated by Elizabeth Holmes, specifically her hair. I tweeted about her hair today, recently, that it looks like she still uses the first generation of flat irons. Yeah, like the one that I had in 2000 when I was in eighth grade.
1: Well, there's a, um, there's a that that podcast dropout. Um, the dropout. Yeah. yeah. Oh wait, we have Maggie. Let's hear from Maggie. Hi, Maggie.
3: Do you guys mute
1: yourself? Oh, uh, here it is. I found the unmute oh, button. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Hi.
3: That's okay. Hi from Chicago. Hi, um, I'm on an Android, so it won't let me type anything. But I wanted to know if you guys ever heard of Samuel Stewart. Um, he was uh, he was kind of a badass. He uh, there was a book about him called The Secret Historian that I actually found while going through kind of a rabbit hole from a book that you guys recommended. He um, oh. he's called The Secret Historian because he kept notes on everybody he ever slept with, and he didn't. He was never in the closet for a minute. He from the jump he was like, "Guess what? I'm here and I'm into boys and get over it." He was born in 1909 he Ooh. went on to be um he was very interesting he went on to be uh a, a, a teacher a professor at uh DePaul, which is in chicago here with me and not with me but you know where we are and um he went on to <laughs> open a secret tattoo shop which you couldn't do back then it was illegal and being gay was illegal and everything and eventually that all fell apart on him and he went to california to be the official tattooist for the hell's angels And uh, the book was really interesting. It was called The Secret Historian, The Life and Times of Samuel Stewart. And uh, because of the uh, connection to the Hells Angels, I thought you ladies might be interested in covering it. Wait, did you say you
1: found him through a book that we recommended?
3: Yeah, there was something. I can't remember what book you guys were talking about. Um, And I was... It wasn't available at my library, so I was kind of, like, clicking around to see what else was sort of along the same lines of oh, biographies, I and I just happened across this. Yeah.
1: I mean, that sounds really good. We should do, like, a Hell's Angel-related stories, because we also have always wanted yeah. to do Altamont well, at some point. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. That's, that sounds – I'm really interested in learning more about that guy's story.
3: That sounds really interesting. What a creep though. It's, it's a lot more interesting <laughs> than like, <laughs> it was a lot more interesting than what I said here, but I'm I'm not doing an hour long podcast. I just wanted to give you a heads up about it. No. So thank you for the podcast. <laughs> you're just by the way. Ask
2: the quick, thank you. You so got much. the uh
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Let's say hi to Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Let's see if you're available. Yeah, you are. Hi.
2: Hi.
1: <laughs> so it automatically meets you. So you gotta you unmute gotta it. unmute yourself. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to say I really enjoy you guys a lot. I found you probably about six months ago, and I'm from California. And um, I love Rachel how you talk about your sobriety. And I too, I've met Danny Trejo, and uh, I was uh-huh. part of
0: that club as well. Oh, yeah. yay! Hey. It's, yeah. It's it's just super refreshing to hear somebody talk honestly and openly about what it can do and I think it it probably helps a lot of your listeners who may be having issues and Desi, you just make me laugh every time I hear your laugh I just I'll listen re-listen to episodes just to hear you laugh if I'm having a bad day so I just wanted to (laughs) tell you guys that I really enjoy you guys and I'm happy to find you and thanks for all you do it's really great Thank
1: you, Jennifer. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks for joining today. Um, I think that's all we have in the queue. Does anyone else want to add anything about the documentary? Um, Do you want to talk to us about the Danny Trejo show we just did? Uh, Anything at all is great. Do you want to talk to Melon? He's (laughs) here. Oh, Gimme Shelter is currently streaming on HBO. Uh, Good time to cover it. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, we, that's a documentary
1: about about that incident. I know. We. Are, um,
0: I've been meaning forever. My dad worked Altamont. He was there. And I've been wanting to interview him for a really long time just to get his perspective on everything. He used to work for a lot of bands in the late 60s, early 70s.
1: I think the whole motorcycle culture, like with the Hells Angels and some other groups that are also sort of tied to um, the Manson story as well, yeah. they kind of show up in a lot of true crime, especially in California. Yes. So I definitely feel like um, that would be a good topic. I'm very interested. I have seen the Gimme Shelter documentary. Oh, let's say hi
0: to Phil. Hi, Phil. When, we, when you say hi it's automatically muted for us and then we have to unmute it that's what's going on oh, with everybody it's not something you guys answer. are doing hi okay. Hi. love the podcast so much <laughs> <laughs> wait Lauren wants to know she's in the chat she wants to know um, what kind of tacos she should get from Trejo's tacos
1: oh I like the um, <laughs> I like the
0: pork one is it carnitas yeah, I like the pork one, too. I like the pork bowl they have there, too, also. Um, did you have a question,
1: or were you just saying hi again? No, I was just <laughs> Phil's, sorry, Phil's I'm, like, I'm she's like, I feel bad when people aren't saying anything, so she like tries to help us out. Uh, she sent us a message
0: uh, on Instagram. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that, God. No. Okay, so I'm actually at the corner store because I was in the car listening to you guys, and I was thinking, oh, I wonder if they would have a preference. French onion dip, Philadelphia cream cheese, or French onion dip, Philadelphia
1: like... cream cheese. So For there's chips. a there's a there's a cream cheese that's French onion flavor?
0: It's like a dip. It's like Philadelphia cream cheese dip. Oh. Wow onion. One called French onion I'm like I've onion. never seen that, but it's I probably would want to try it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With some, um, yeah, that's, that sounds delicious, especially right now that we're not eating bags of Yeah,
3: of
1: you're not yeah I, think, I think you should How's get that going? And, and, and please tell us next week if yes. we're here what your, uh, we want to hear your detailed review of cream right. cheese versus sour cream Will the debate of the century <laughs> <laughs> this oh, is I the content
0: remember. that people are wanting Absolutely. Bye. okay bye I'm sorry bye. I, I wanted to I remembered another thing I always used to order from Trejo's is the salmon tacos the blackened salmon tacos oh they're so good and the guacamole is really oh. good that's a must get the guacamole is a must get i'm very picky about guacamole i love guacamole and i have very high standards so the trejo's guacamole it fucking hits the spot it's no so good. it's really good I, I miss
1: that their chips are also good they have uh you know it, chips are such a mixed bag yes. sometimes these are good chips they're like, very the good chips, chips. Uh, are great. The and salsa The salsa is really good. Now I'm hungry um, for that. It's so good. Yeah. And also um, check out the donut store too. Yes. Uh, the problem is the donut store closes early. At and two. I'm always like, when I want donuts I'm always like, well it's 10pm. Yeah. <laughs> that's not good. No. So yeah, I definitely like the pork one. I can't remember if it was like carnitas or al pastor. I also liked the fried chicken quesadilla of course. Yeah, so good. So <laughs> And my two favorite things together: Mexican food and chicken fingers. Yeah, you know it's like you Delicious. gotta get that. It's really good. Yeah, it's
2: really good
3: um, there.
1: Yeah. So, is there any other questions? We probably have one one chance uh, time for one more. We would love to hear from you. I'm doing my Bob, Bob my Bob Ross essay. Hi guys, do you guys want to talk to us? I'm being I'm being what's it called? I'm being a little duder. Are uh, Lauren Miley
2: would like to speak. Okay, okay, let's accept it. Hi, Lauren. Hi. So um, this is super exciting. This is my first time in the green room. Hi. Hi. And I was super pumped to uh, finally have a chance to talk to you guys. Uh, I've been following you probably for about two or three years now. Um, I am calling in from Connecticut, the home Hi. of the wood chipper. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> the wood chipper murder. <laughs> Um, and I'm originally from Georgia. So when I moved up here, ironically, um, I think I was listening to the Woodchipper episode. Um, and oh. I was like, where then am I, I moving? moving. <laughs> 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 well, um, sorry. I, can I ask about the Connecticut style pizza? Have you had it yet? <laughs> <laughs> so I, again, from Georgia. We did not have good pizza. We had Domino's. We had Papa John's. Right. We had Little Caesars. I have tried Pepe's. I've tried Sally's. I uh, haven't gotten around to Bar Pizza yet. These are like the main pizza places you got to go to in New Haven. I love it. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm. I'm a fan of the burnt crust now I'm- Ooh, yeah. mm. i mean it's I'd definitely
1: it. better than papa john's
0: yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh <my> God. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta
1: got give it that i mean i don't suggest they use that in their advertising
2: like no. we're better than papa
1: john's <laughs>
2: <laughs> i mean you could literally like throw pizza on the ground and it would taste better than papa john's but yeah whoa, shots fired <laughs> Um, but I really just wanted to like, say thanks for producing the best content. You are my favorite podcast. Oh, thank you. I mean, you guys feel like extended friends at this point. And, um, I was super pumped to see that, you know, you were doing one of these on Bob Ross. I just watched it the other day and I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what they're going to say about this. So, yay! thank Thank you you so much,
0: Lauren. Thank you, guys. Thank
1: you. Well, we're all done. We'll, we'll put out some stuff on social media about what we're doing next week. Yeah. We're going to look and see what is new out. And then maybe we will do a throwback uh, episode or, or, or of a documentary or something like that. And then next time we will tell everyone to unmute themselves. I didn't realize that you had to unmute yourself. So we'll get that instruction out next time. So next time, if you come back next week, uh, we're going to have even more
0: kinks worked out next week.
1: So we're we're, uh, getting it together. But thank you guys so much. And hopefully we'll see you guys next week. Yes. Bye. Bye.